this is Dr. Todd Watson, and uh, we're here with the ArborPod interview series. And uh, I'd like to welcome Dr. Francesco Farini. He's a professor of urban forestry and arboriculture at the University of Florence in Italy. He's also uh, the president of the Italian chapter of uh, the ISA. And uh, we're going to be discussing some of his research on mycorrhizae. And if you have trouble, uh, remembering that name, if it's new to you, I just tell my students at Texas A&M University, just think of your Irish cousin Mike O'Reilly, and you'll never forget it again. So, uh, if you want to spell it, you're on your own. Uh, the title of this uh, interview uh, is Mycorrhizal Inoculation, What Worked and What Did Not Work. So, uh, Dr. Farini, welcome. Yeah, thank you very much for inviting me here. Thank you for joining us. Um, could you tell us uh, real quickly, just what exactly is a mycorrhizae? Um, you know that mycorrhizae is not your uh, Irish cousin, but it's a symbiosis between fungus. Uh, it comes from the word mycos, which is a Greek word, and uh, rhizos, which is the word for root in, in Greek. So it's a symbiosis between a fungus and the plant uh, and the plant roots. So it's not uh, a fungus is not a you know a, a vegetal uh, body. It's a symbiosis between two different entities, plant and fungi. Okay, how do these benefit trees? Uh, in, in in different way because uh, the the host plant provides the fungus with soluble carbon sources, while the fungus produces and provides sorry the the plant several benefits included including enhanced nutrient uptake, especially for phosphorus and for phosphate uh, salt and protection against drought, increased uh, water use efficiency, which is an important topic, especially in this period where when the climate change are changing everything in our uh, uh, climate. Then we, we found then uh, there is a body of literature about this an enhanced root exploration of the available soil volume and a reduction in disease incidence, pathogen development and disease severity, which is another important topic. So you can reduce uh, the use of pesticides in the urban environment where they are allowed because in Europe, it's very rare to, uh, to have the, the permit to, to spray pesticide in, in the urban environment. In Germany, for example, they are strictly forbidden. While in Italy, you can use some. So these occur in, in natural environments, but most arborists work in an urban environment, which yeah. is very different than the natural environment. Um, how, do, uh, how do mycorrhizal fungi work in an urban environment? Actually, they work the same way, and in, for some reason they can work even better because uh, uh, it's a very harsh environment, and they can help plants to survive in the very beginning, and then they can help plants to grow uh, much more than they they might grow without the symbiosis. Actually, I should say that without that this symbiosis, plant don't even uh, grow, don't even survive, because uh, this symbiosis. It seems that it was established 460 millions years ago at least. So it's it's a very long history. So when we're looking at um, at, at mycorrhizae or mycorrhizal fungi, um, are, are there a lot of different species or is there one that, that just gets on, you know, is it very host specific, one that just gets on one plant or is there a lot of, uh, of different types of tree 
fungi relationships? Uh, no, we have different different mycorrhizal species. We have two different uh, major, actually there are four different major groups of mycorrhizal. Uh, but the two which we are interested in, uh, which are those uh, which colonize root of trees and shrubs, are two. And there are uh, two groups and a lot of different species. So. Uh, it's not easy to find because some of the uh, of these symbioses are species specific. So you have to find the right species for the right uh, tree. So let's talk about your uh, research a little bit. What was your when you're looking at these? You know, what was your initial hypothesis and and you know maybe how they would react uh, in different urban environments? Yeah, the initial uh, the initial hypothesis was to have an inoculum which was uh, prepared by selecting mycorrhizal forming fungi or fungi, uh, I don't know, the, because in, some play, in, in England they say fungi, you say maybe fungi, and anyway, we can, we can understand each other. I think uh, the English are more correct on that. And fungi, but anyway, uh, they, they form mycorrhizal uh, fungi directly on the species and in a specific environment. So, for example, we excavated uh, soil and roots from Etilia a uh, big tilia tree, which more than one actually, uh, which were doing very fine. They looked very healthy in the urban environment. And then we uh, took soil and roots to the lab when we reproduced uh, the inoculum and we re-inoculated uh, on tilia trees on that, in that environment. So it's not only species specific, but it's also site specific. So what we have produced, it's an inoculum for tidia trees in the urban environment for northern Italy, for example, or for south Italy or for Germany. And that's the reason why uh, eventually they worked quite well, so far at least. Well, I know in, in reading research on this that it can be quite controversial on some yeah. of the findings uh, that we see. What were your conclusions on your research and, uh, and maybe more importantly, how is this something that arborists can use in the field? Yeah, I think so. You're right when you, uh, when you say that there are some contrasting results in the literature uh, because maybe they, has, they just use commercial products which are not species-specific or site-specific. Uh, our preliminary results, uh, we started the project in 2004 and we inoculated the trees the first time in 2005, then 2006 and we're going to get results until 2010, so we have one more year to, uh, to get the, the, the final results. Anyway, our results show that the work of selecting and multiplying and then inoculating uh, wood species with size and species-specific uh, native, native mycorrhizal fungi is a useful approach to increase plant growth, to improve plant physiology, and uh, to uh, improve leaf uh, nutritional status. Uh, anyway, time of response is affected by, by the species. For example, we have seen that Fraxinus ash, European ash, it's quite slow in responding to the inoculum, while the European hackberry, Celtis uh, australis, is very fast. After three months, we could see the results in the newly uh, planted trees. And we should also not forget, in my opinion, that the soil is a habitat and is alive. So uh, results can also be affected by soil characteristics. That's the reason why 
we selected uh, specific inoculum for uh, example urban soil with um, clay soil or sandy soil and we used these different inoculum on this on these different uh, sites and, and I think I mean I was a little skeptic I have to admit that I was a little skeptic when we started this this project I was convinced convinced by a researcher who is working in, in the lab uh, reproducing uh, mycorrhizal fungi and I'm happy about this project I'm really happy I couldn't uh, I couldn't get um, better results so far so the message to take home is mycorrhiza can work but you have to uh, to choose the right inoculum so the general inoculum probably uh, it will not work uh, like you or you would like to see it working it can work but you're not sure about that right well I know in my own research I've had the same issues I didn't believe something would work and it did or I thought it would and it wouldn't so uh, I guess this is proof to the world that uh, professors can couldn't have their minds changed. Yeah, sure. I mean, you have you have to. Uh, it's not the panacea of all diseases, but if you satisfy the famous mycorrhiza triangle, which is the interaction between soil, environment, and fungi, if this triangle uh, is connected, they work very well. I was really surprised, especially on some species, and about the results. I mean, uh, the growth is twice as much. The leaf gas exchange is twice as much. And you, 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 can't even, you can't even spot the trees, those which were inoculated from those which were not, because the first one are greener and bigger, and the second one, second one are paler yellowing and uh, much smaller in, in terms of growth. So oh, That's great to know. Um, work in, uh, in our burst, we, we tend to use some products that kind of work the same in the same environments across different species. Uh, this is going to take a little bit more knowledge and, and understanding on how to use it. Where can an arborist go to learn more about this? Yeah, yeah. And, um, some of the questions which arise uh, from our research is also the cost of the inoculum. It's a little bit, I, I have to say that it's a little bit more expensive than the usual commercial products, but it's not that much more expensive. We're talking about 20-25% more but the results you can get are much higher. Uh, is this something that you would need to reapply uh, yeah. every, you know, some mm, interval every Actually, year, we, we, have, we haven't reapplied in, in, in three years. So it's not forever, but if you start, you know, if, if, especially with newly planted tree, if you start very well in the future, the difference between those which are doing well and those which are not doing well is going to be bigger and bigger and bigger. And uh, we don't think we need to reapply. Uh, so it actually may be cheaper than some of our other options. Yeah, maybe, maybe. It's once, once in a lifetime. That's great. Well, uh, thank you very much for You're taking welcome. the time to be here and, and uh, educate us on this. And uh, I just want to invite everyone back uh, to uh, hear one of our, uh, hear our next exciting interview on the uh, ArborPod interview series. Mm -hmm.